This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab podcast from the 101 ESPN Studios, the only Formula One podcast hosted by two convicted, hardened criminals. My name's Luke, and I did time for the Cannonball Run. I'm joined as always by my partner in literal crime, Tim. How are you doing? I'm actually doing great. I I was arrested for breaking and entering and being a general dick to the police. Uh, <laughs> at, but, uh, at Skywalker Ranch. At Skywalker should. Ranch, yeah. and I had an off-the-record discussion with the great man himself, George Lucas. It was awesome. Oh, really? Because yes. you wanted he to talk to him about yes, I, Han shooting first. I Okay, first and foremost, let's just get this out of the way. Han shot first, period. There is no debate. This is just a... Uh, thing that should not happen and i saved it there i did not curse (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah no it he definitely shot first and i wanted to go make sure that i settled it with george and uh we had a long heartfelt discussion sitting in my cell um because he just sat outside and he's like okay let's have the discussion you're gonna get due time but that's fine he was a nice guy Nice guy. Go yeah. figure. I, I cannot say the same thing about the police in Eugene, Oregon, which is so they're so fed up. Let me tell you, they are so fed up with people of, on the cannonball run. All well, right. You you made it to Eugene, Oregon because you didn't we weren't on the cannonball run anymore. You were running for the border. <laughs> I mean, you you led them on a merry chase. I, I will tell you. I will tell you. You, you were know. trying to make it toward uh, you know the the western seaboard of Canada, where apparently they are awesome on that side of the mountain. Where range. you ju- where you just learned that Vancouver is. That's right. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sorry, guys. My geography of Canada is quite poor. We can, I, I will say one. Most of the reason I, I know that I'm pretty sure is because even as a kid, I followed hockey, and I'm like, oh, Vancouver's on the west coast. Blah blah blah. Before this, we were talking about we were talking about Canada, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Toronto's like what is it like west of that?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, to, Tim." This is, and he actually pulled up Google Maps. We're like, "Here, Tim, this is what it is." Uh, okay. Tim didn't realize that Toronto and Buffalo were that close, though. I did not. <laughs> no, I thought uh, I thought Montreal was a whole lot closer than it was. But hey, you know, you <laughs> learn more. I learned more about Quebec, and uh, you know the. Uh, motherland of our fair city st louis and more french type stuff that yeah. we have in common with quebec and montreal except for poutine we don't have poutine nope uh, i would i would like the poutine but you know they, hey. don't, they don't here's a here's another fun fact for you all right Hit before me. we before we actually get into the nitty-gritty here There's um not much nitty-gritty this week buffalo yeah. is the only city in the nhl that for every game plays both the american and canadian national anthems most American teams only play the Canadian anthem when the Canadian team's in town. Canadian teams only play the American team when an American team is in town. Or the American national anthem when an American team is in town. Mm-hmm. Buffalo always plays both because on any given night, uh, about 35, 45, half the crowd, even though they're Buffalo Sabres fans, are from Canada. And they'll mm-hmm. just drive across the border to go see a cheap game in Buffalo. So they always play both anthems. That's there your you fun go. fact. That is a very fun fact. And you know what, Luke? Mm-hmm. I think we're learning fun facts and making all this stuff up as we go because we don't really have a whole lot to talk about. No, no. <laughs> the there's... first time we have both been in the same room in a while yeah. because you had the cannonball run that we, for legal reasons, have to say was COVID. Right. And I had the run in with George Lucas, which for legal reasons, I have to say I was off that week and I was really tired. But I mean, now we're in the same room and there's just not much. There's not much. There's not much. And Ryan covered 
helped me cover some big stories last week very admirably. admirably. Well done, Ryan. I love Ryan. Ryan's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I love his uh, his cover story. He goes, no, man, I was in school. <laughs> and then we both feel like, oh, my God, we're old. We're old. We're old. But uh, so Ryan last week talked about kind of the big news, and we'll hit it just very briefly here before we get into what we want to talk about, which is CODA and the upcoming USGP and the question marks that surround not just this GP, but the USGP as a whole. Mm. Uh, last week, uh, it was rumored and still is, I think there's going to be heavy negotiations happening in Austin next week at this time, um, that Andretti is going to buy Sauber F1, which of course is the parent company that brands their cars as a, as a uh, Alpha. Alfa Romeo, mm-hmm. right? And then the other rumor, which was uh, tweeted by Americo Teixeira, who is a very reliable uh, reporter generally uh, to me. I, I've seen him in the – we've actually seen him. I don't know if you know who yeah. he was, but in the press uh, in the press room at Worldwide Technology Raceway, he tweeted that uh, Colton Herta has been tapped to that. Just real quick, your opinion on maybe Colton Herta's talent level and if he'll fit in Formula 1? I think he has the talent. He What he lacks <laughs> is refinement. I would agree so, and I think um, that's exactly what Ryan said, too. Is it? Because he was like, I think he's pacey enough. I listened to the first few minutes where you talked about my legal precar- my legally precarious position, mm-hmm. and then I stopped listening. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I would say he's got the talent. He, he lacks that assertiveness, I think, mm-hmm. um, where I think I saw Andretti uh, talk about, hey, he's never really like gotten in there to go for it. And yeah, I also think, I think you need that though. I also think Herda is too. He's too crashy. He's very crashy. Crashy. Crashy yeah. is the reason that he wasn't. He was really never a title contender this year, despite being the fastest at I would say a lot more, of the tracks. Yeah, I'd say he's the fa- he was the fastest guy on the track more times than Alex Pelot was. Uh, I'd say so. Pelot Pelot has a really. Uh, understated racecraft, like like Scott Dixon esque. Yeah, Scott Dixon esque, where he keeps his powder dry and he waits. Mm-hmm. And you know, and yeah, Herta. Herta. I mean, specifically in Nashville, uh, you know, making some interesting dives. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the one you know coming off the bridge where yeah. he bend it. But you got yeah. you got to wonder how often, how how long until that becomes a problem in F one because it's not just we're going to go fix this Indy car, which is relative. It's not a cheap but it's relatively cheap versus yeah i just bend you know this f1 this alfa romeo and now you know i'm our team's down 1.3 million dollars right and it's somebody's gonna pull him aside real quick well you'd think that um but here's the thing colton herda is not yuki sonoda that's fair and yuki sonoda comes with some pretty substantial backing from you know honda and colton does not yeah. So I would say that I would it would be okay. I would much rather see him in F2, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. do a sidestep over from IndyCar or just stay where he's at I, in IndyCar. Well, yeah, stay where – I would say that you have a better future there. Um, I, would, I would say that – I would say yes if it weren't for the fact that he's going to be the first American since Alex Rossi. And in my mind, I love Alex Rossi. I, I absolutely love him. It's no secret that I was a fan of him before I became impartial Mr. Media Man. Um I think that Alex Rossi barely even counts as an American driver in F1, to be honest. He, he counts yeah. technically, but not in spirit. Uh, that is why I think Colton Herta, uh, in, I think he wants to move to F1, is his future is brighter in IndyCar as a driver, as a multimillionaire uh, and focus of media darling. You cannot say no to Drive to Survive 
here's an American F1 driver. Eh? Eh? It, it eh? would be a massive draw. Owned for sure. by Andretti, the most legendary name in American racing. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's either that to or the <laughs> to the to the international crowd, absolutely. To yeah. the F1 crowd, that's got the most buy-in for sure. So, I think there's just there's money, there's PR, there's, there's money, money in the PR. But I I just don't know if it's Colton. I don't know if it's Colton either. So And so we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I would say that he's just he lacks that that extra sauce. There's something. There's yeah. something that he's missing there. Refinement is a good board for it. I would say that, yeah, he doesn't have that refined racecraft. He doesn't have that refined everything. I mean, he's just he just lacks that refinement. He's too he's too green. I will say, uh he's I wanna say twenty one. If he he can he can realistically go to F one, get chewed out, spat out, go back to IndyCar and be twenty five years old. Not everybody can be Max Verstappen where you step in at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can be, you know, for cycling fans and you know, I, I mentioned this only because I got to catch up on pro cycling last week. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody is a Tadej uh Pogachar. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I just butchered his name, but that kid is twenty two and he's won the Tour de France twice. Right. That's ridiculous. Not everybody are those guys. I just don't see Colton as getting there anytime in the next two to three years. We will have more to talk about, I presume, at this time next week after the USGP. That's supposed to be a big time when Sauber talks to Andretti, talks to Sauber, talks to Colton, talks to everybody. Things are, things are done. Right. Yes. Um, but, hey, you know where Colton Herta, trivia fact, where does Colton Herta, where did he get his first ever IndyCar win? I don't know. That would be the 2019 IndyCar Classic in Austin, Texas at the Circuit of the Americas, which is how we slide nicely into how worried we are about Coda. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't, I just... What was, what was the main feedback out of the MotoGP race weekend? Okay, so MotoGP basically gave Coda an ultimatum. Multiple drivers, or riders, I guess you would say, basically said, hey, we love this track. We will refuse to race on it again. And, and and MotoGP said, we're not coming back until you fix the bumps on these large swaths of the track, right? It is bumpy as all get out. We saw that uh, in, in 2019 in F1 even. And I was to say, the, and, that, and then there was a repave. Yeah. And remember, we talked about it at the time because the repave in 2019, you know, pre-COVID times, mm-hmm. if you can remember that back that long. Um, there was a bit where it had sunk uh, 1.5 meters. Uh, there were several sections that were very, very bumpy that they had to grind down with a diamond yeah. uh, grinder. And we said at the time, this is, you know, it's settled too much. The soil is not right. Well, and it's and it's not just that it settled too much then. It will continue to settle. Okay, Correct. so. Um, and it's done it, it's done it that fast, right. guys. Th- that, one year after the repave and it's too bumpy again. Yeah. That area of Texas um, if you haven't listened to our two-year-old episodes, it's okay. We'll explain it. That area of Texas has a very clay. It's a clay uh, soil below it. The problem is is that clay is very dry because Austin is literally in a desert. There's no way around that, right? The other issue, though, is that Austin does get rain because it's not like Sahara Desert, right? Austin will get rain and it will get downpoured on, and it did. The problem is clay expands, Right. And then it contracts as it loses that water. And it also shifts. Mm-hmm. And it disappears. So uh, we have a high clay content here in St. Louis as well. Right. Um, speaking from the real estate industry, I can tell you that in St. Louis, the prevalent uh, 
uh, foundation type is basement. Mm-hmm. And there is no basement in St. Louis that either hasn't leaked already or isn't going to leak. They will all leak. It's only a matter of when. Be- and it's and it's because of the high clay content. It shifts around and it moves and it breaks things. So when you have a racetrack that needs that very precise stuff, you know, that precise soil mm-hmm. uh, com- uh, composition, that's what happens, unfortunately. We saw a minor bit of this in, uh, in Eau Rouge this year, right? Yeah. Because Eau Rouge flooded, you'll remember, in 2020, right? And now drivers say there's a bump at the bottom of Eau Rouge. We saw some horrific wrecks in the 2021 Belgian GP uh, qualifying and uh, support races. Yes. Because what? Water gets in the ground, it expands, it contracts, and you can't just expect the asphalt to lay right back where it was. It it bumps, it cracks, and that's where Austin is. The problem with Coda is Coda turns a profit. It does not turn a massive profit, okay? The fees to pay a Formula One race, to host a Formula One race, are ridiculous. They're substantial. Um, I've heard numbers... Up to fifty million dollars, but I don't know if if everybody pays the same. I've also heard thirty five million. the The money that you're paying means that you better bleep and sell out the track of really bleep and expensive tickets to break even. Yeah, There's- and you know, and the thing is, is that long term, I don't know if that's going to work out for Coda because Coda right. pays pays that pays all that out. But they don't have a whole lot else going on, and they have a lot of uh, mm-hmm. tax incentives right now that are going to run out so or have run out already. Currently, the people that pay that fee uh, are the Texas state legislator has an events fund, right? Well, Texas politics are Texas politics. We're not going to get into that. But that state event fund following COVID is looking a little shaky because people are going – Oh, wow, there were huge infrastructure failures when we had a winter storm for the first time in literally 100 years. And there's this and there's that. And COVID is making, you know, inflation absolutely wreck our wreck our ish right now. Right. Do we really need to be paying 50 million dollars of taxpayer money for an events thing? And not only that, but we're also going to have to maybe reinvest in the track or the track might have to reinvest in itself multiple, multiple millions of dollars to fix this long term like we did three years ago, and the problem reared its head yet again. Yep. It's at a certain point, you got to cut the, you, you, you know, you cut it loose point, and go. Exactly. At a certain point, the the ends do not justify the means. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, you do have to move on. Yeah. Now, the fate of Coda is pretty grim, if you ask me and Luke. It I doesn't so. look that good. But the future of the USGP is actually quite strong. I in think fact, it's stellar. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we we think strongly that there are at least two different options, probably three. Yeah. Um, for a United States Grand Prix, and that's because of the viewership numbers and the growing F1 fan base. And I want to I want to talk about that. That's awkward. Yeah. That, yeah. We just uh, we hey, just Luke turn it on silent. You got to have know, like right? actual uh, Gosh, professionalism here. If if dude, <laughs> I turned it down and I turned down for some reason. Turn down the uh, the like media volume and not my ring volume. I'm sorry, anyway. uh, 101 ESPN listeners. No, if, I am the professional one here, and gosh, I gosh, if, if only I had some kind of job that required my phone to be on silent literally <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right? Oops. Uh, real quick though, uh, Michael Massey has confirmed as of yesterday that uh, the Circuit of the Americas will grind down a lot of the bumps prior to the USGP. So that's so a step we're grinding in the, again. Yeah, we're we're a step in the right direction, but again. Not cheap, and you can't you can't just do that every year. And and they did the 
did that in 2019. Yeah. So one year is all we got out of the repay. One year, and by the way, you didn't race in Austin in 2020. So it's was, the very next race. Right. It, was, it is the very next race, and it is a it was a multi million dollar repave. Yeah. It was expensive. It was expensive, and again, MotoGP has said either fix your ish or we're not coming back here. And I know it's not a formula. If you're working in, in the Formula One mindset, you go MotoGP. That's small beans. Relatively, sure. MotoGP is a huge event. That's not Formula One. It's not yeah. a money loser. <laughs> no, it is. It You're is not, one of the most watched sports in the world. They get tons of viewership. It's not. It's not like hosting IMSA. All right, and I love IMSA, but it's not like hosting IMSA where it's like, eh, you know, correct. Um, and it's it's just. Yeah. I feel so bad because it's a, it's one of the best tracks I think Tilke has designed yeah, in quite a while. It's a better one. It's a uh, better it's one. A, it's a better one. I put yeah. that. If we lose this, I'm going to put that up with uh, Bud Circuit in. Uh, in India as the, like, oh, rest in peace, man. Yeah. I, I, I really liked Bud. I'm sorry. I'm Bud was good. I'm impartial. But I, I'm partial to that one. Track. That's okay. But uh, so, yeah, we do think, though, that the – first off, let's address this. The U.S. can and will support two races. If you're European, I have found, and I don't mean to stereotype you a lot, most of the Europeans i found that have been to the United States uh, that I've interacted with – it doesn't click with them just how like oh this is a real issue uh how big it is right mm-hmm. even even austin austin is in the same geographic region as us and i would not consider a drive to austin really super doable it, what is it like 17 hours 17 18, 18 hours, hours? Yeah. if you if i wanted to drive to austin and you're located in london you would probably end up in like It'd be like you trying to go to like a Polish GP, I would imagine. That, hell no. Yeah. Like that no. Yeah. Absolutely not. That is a two day trip. Yep. And I'm I a have a two day no trip interest. or you have four people and you rotate drivers. Or if you're taking a plane, you apparently fly up to Washington and then down to Texas. Okay, well, if we'll you're doing Luke Math. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end of the show. Okay, but, fine. but but um yeah, so it it is it is understandable that you would want to have two races in two different locations, even if they are in even the same geographic area in general. The geographic area in general is massive. A very broad term. Right. Yeah. So having one, you know, maybe a West Coast race, maybe a Central America, Central of America, right? We'll say that. Not a Central America, but a Central a Midwest. Midwest race and an East Coast race in Miami. That is doable, and you are going to find enough support for all three of those, right? Absolutely. There's... The, Austin is probably the is the midway between the two largest population centers of the United States, and zero of them drive there because it's too far away to drive. If you see, if you saw the the crowds in Nashville for the IndyCar race, yeah, you know that there's a whole lot in the Midwest that can actually show up and do show up for racing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say the Midwest is really the heartland of motorsports in the United States. California is the only place that really comes close, but California is trying to chase a lot of motorsports out. This is my drag racing guy coming through where they're shutting down drag strips left and right. But California chases motorsports out. The Midwest goes ham for motorsports in a way that very few areas of America do. So you can support that. It's too spread out to really be like, oh, Austin can serve the entire United States. I think that's been the idea for a long time, which is why you have the Miami Grand Prix. And I'll be honest with you, I see a lot of people online, right? And I talk to some people, and they have a very low opinion of what Miami could be. They they say it's a parking lot track, which technically... And it's in a garden community. 
Yeah, it's a bedroom community. Oh, bedroom, <laughs> bedroom community. community. Oh, okay. Um, it's my, a deep cut inside joke. <laughs> that, that that down in Miami, I still I still think that's a terrible phrase, and we should really revisit that. <laughs> Someone should have cracked the joke. Phrasing. Uh, you know, but, she's uh, like, we're in Miami. That's a terrible thing to say. Um, anyway. So, but. Uh, y- I mean, I think it looks like a fine track. It looks okay. Let's let's talk about the Miami GP, all yeah. right? Because pretty soon that is going to be the coda, right? That is yeah. the that is the the F one track that people think of when they think of America. But because it's new and because coda is probably going to be gone in the next few years, right? Yeah. Let's break it down, all right? You have a front stretch into a actually rather Montreal esque kind of left right, you know, thing, right? You got a nice S's section. You have a long bending turn that goes into a heavy braking zone, into a chicane, like a chicane complex that spits you out on the back stretch where you go a really long way into a hairpin that spits you back onto the front stretch. None of those seem really janky. And if you look at the track map, I'm a big fan of you can look at the track map and usually go, that looks like a good track versus that looks stupid. Have you yeah. ever looked at a track map just... Like when F one has all the ba- like all the Sochi track outlines exists. in the background, Sochi exists. Right, you look at Sochi yeah. and you you can immediately go, that looks dumb, right? That looks like a stupid track. Uh, Saudi Arabia looks like a really stupid track, right? Uh, where I go wrong is Baku looks like a really stupid track, and Baku's actually kind of nice. Like Baku's dope. Yeah, but um, you can. It looks like a good track. It looks yeah. like an actual Formula One track. Is it what does. I'm getting at. It does, and I think they'll do the same thing on the West Coast somewhere. I don't know if California is going to be conducive to that or if it ends up they've had a long-term love affair with Vegas. Um, I think uh, Massey wants to go out there. I think they want to return. I just hope it's not a doggone parking lot. And, yes, I saved the cursing again. So I, I, I will tell you right now, though. Miami is a parking lot, but it's not the parking lot you're thinking of because I've been there, and if you actually go on Google Maps right now, you can actually see it. Um the parking lot in Dolphin Stadium or Hard Rock Stadium, excuse me, it's been Dolphin Stadium for forever. It's still a Dolphin Stadium. You know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, you mean where the Miami Dolphins go to lose? Yeah. I mean, Lord knows the Miami Dolphins don't win football games. Uh- so everyone should know. And if you've if you've been around, uh, been a fan of our show for a while, I despise American football. Mm-hmm. I think it is barbaric. I think it is stupid. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stand how corrupt the NFL is as oh, an organization. Oh, it's disgusting. And we here in St. Louis have a firsthand if, account of how bad it is. If you think FIFA is corrupt, get lost. Go meet the NFL. Meet the NFL. Both are disgusting and oh, yeah. corrupt, but the NFL is really, it's a league of its own. Anyway, it's but the right. parking lot for Dolphin Stadium yeah. is actually, it's primarily grass. People think like, oh, it's a sea of parking lot like Sochi is. Uh, it's No, it's it's green. It's nice. Right. Which means, though, that you're going to have to build stuff. Yeah, you're going to have to pave it, right? Like you're not going to be able to just set up, you know, a chicane in a parking lot like Sochi would. You're going to uh, look or at like this. like the old, cool, old school Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like you're going to have to actually build a form, you know, lay. A track. Yeah, you're going to have to lay pavement down, which means that. Ninety percent of it is going to be up to F one standards at the very least, right? Yeah. I'm like eh, that. It's not bad. You can fault it for being flat as a pancake, and that's fine because literally Florida, I think its its tallest point is like 300 feet. But <laughs> but you can also tailor it to be kind of like Singapore, where there's no forgiveness for mm-hmm. mistakes. You, I, it reminds me a lot of of Montreal, 
Montreal's technically a street circuit, but what it is is it's a custom-designed circuit for Formula One that is available to the public to use for other purposes when they're not racing. And everyone listening to this who's been a Formula One fan for a bit misses Montreal the last two years. Absolutely. It'll be back next year, though. Thank God. But uh, it, So will Australia, I hope. I hope. I want to see those, that new layout in Australia. That looks I good. Want, I know. It's it's looked good for two years. I know, right? We've missed it. But uh, I think I think it reminds me a little of Montreal. I wouldn't be shocked that it does it, you know, that it has... A good layout that people actually enjoy. Also, I mean, just Hard Rock Stadium in general is really nice. Palm trees everywhere. Y'all will like it is Be- what I'm saying. It's a bedroom community. <laughs> it's I a am. bedroom community. <laughs> but uh, and there there are also options up and down the West Coast. Yes. I think Vegas is the most I have likely. one. I sure. have one. You want to talk about the corruption of the NFL? SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. <laughs> similar similar yeah. to that of Hard Rock, right? So here's here's Hard Rock, okay, surrounded by parking lots all over the place. Which one is SoFi again? SoFi who, is where the Los it? Angeles Rams play now. Oh, so they have to because their on-field uh, product is garbage again. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously. But no, actually, the Rams are actually pretty good. Uh, are the they? Chargers are actually better than the Rams. So, Tim, that's a really high-tech-looking, really brand-new stadium with a large, large entertainment center attached in sunny California, Right in Los Angeles, massive parking lots surrounding it, huge fountains everywhere. Would it? Am I a bad human being for being as appalled at that idea as I am at like, you know, the Turkish Grand Prix where the government, uh, you know, is a state sponsor of terror and all that good jazz? No, I don't think so. But you, you because also, you the have, owner of that stadium, you have skin in the game. You yes, have I do skin have in the skin game. in this game. If anybody needs to know what we're talking about, Stan Kroenke, just Google him. Um, he is easily one of the worst uh, people on planet Earth. He uh, There's a reason that uh, the, our British fans rioted and, uh, you know, they turned down his bid to uh, buy most of Arsenal Football Club. He still owns a majority, though. He still owns a majority, but he didn't get to buy all of it where he yep. had the right to move it because that's what he would do. Yep. Um I just cannot stand the man. He is uh, the epitome anyway, of evil. Anyway, he screwed over St. Louis. He burnt. He broke the NFL's internal rules to move his team to Los Angeles, away from St. Louis, move it out of St. Louis. And part of the issue is that SoFi Stadium, that is now the stadium he owns. But if there's one thing he's in, it's big money events, right? And Tim, I'm showing you pictures you can't tell me that that does not look like a place that Formula One would go, ooh, and it's in Los Angeles. You hate that if I it, have a point. I hate – no, no, <laughs> I I am not mad at you at all. But you you're hate the fact that right. I'm right. I hate, I hate the fact that you're right, and I hate the fact that he is someone they would absolutely, with glee, jump into bed with. Yeah. And I cannot stand it. It is he, – He raked our city over the coals with – just fraudulent statements and made us spend millions of dollars that we didn't have that could have gone to city schools for the record, repairs. For the record, the St. Louis is suing Stan Kroenke for that move because he broke so many laws doing it. And, and we're it, winning. Oh, yeah. And we're winning to the point where, like, it's going to be like a multiple billion with a B dollar settlement. That's how, like, corrupt it is. But that's a place you can do it. So let's say you have a Los Angeles race, you have a Miami race, right? I still think that leaves room for a future USGP, and this one will carry the title USGP, right? You'll have the Los Angeles Grand Prix, the Miami Grand Prix, and I think you still race in Indianapolis. I was going to say, I think Indy 
given its, I have no problem mm-hmm. at all with Roger Penske's, you know, ambitions with Indy uh, and the Motor Speedway becoming the USGP. And I think I think F1 wants it too because F1 they've gone to old school you know circuits. Imola's back. Yeah, Imola's back. And I look, I like Imola. It's fine. Imola does not have the name, the Imola's, history, the marketability. Ooh, it's got some history. It's got some history, but it's not indie, not Indianapolis Motor Speedway history. True, but it's got some. It's got, <laughs> it's some, got some history. history. It's got some history, but yep. IMS. And here's the thing, too. This week, right, Indy just hosted, I believe it was an eight-hour endurance race at the Indy Motor Speedway, one of the first endurance races, or maybe the first endurance race in IMS history. They're talking about putting lights in for the uh, Indy Motor Speedway, uh, you know, road course. That, to me, is saying, hey, we want to invest and we want to make this a better track. We're open to more dates. We're open to money events. You know, it, I happen to know. You remember. You remember Wolfgang, right? Wolfgang yeah. told us about Bernie Eccleston back oh, yeah. in the day when the USGP was happening in Indianapolis. Bernie Eccleston <laughs> would stay in Chicago, which is five hours away, and Be- helicopter in. Yeah, because no hotel in Indianapolis was nice enough. Indianapolis is a perfectly fine. Rather nice Midwest city. Everyone should go check out the Wolfgang episode. Yes, because it was so good. Um, um, but I will say that'll be that'll be the best part. And there is going to be an overall issue, though, Luke. And here's my segue: Where are we going to put them? Because right now, as it stands, starting in March, going to November, we have 23 races next year. They yeah. just announced the calendar for Formula One. There are three triple headers. <coughs> And I think we run a genuine. Do you? Do you, for legal reasons, have legal reasons? COVID again? No, I'm just. I've tickled my throat. I did so much announcing this weekend. Like li- literally, as he puts the mask back on. What? We're, we're in a locked room. No I'm one cares. Yeah, yeah, because I, know. I can't That's why I'm hear the, it on. I can't hear the difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't because well, you can because you're an audiophile. But um, what, what I'm saying is, though, I announced I think uh, 35 hours of racing over the last 72. So there you go. Give me, give my voice a break. Anyway, but yeah, we're at three triple headers. The 2022 calendar is out. I'm at a point where I'm like, I mean, you're either going to become, you're on the risk of becoming NASCAR, where even NASCAR fans are like, do you watch all 36 races? But dude, it's 36 races now. <laughs> exactly. Like, and it's, it's like I watched overs- a lot of them, but I did not watch every one of them. It's oversaturation to the point where one of the coolest parts about talking about Formula One and IndyCar is that you and I can go back the next year and be like, oh my God. 2021 Colton Herta took that dive for the Nashville Grand Prix after the after the bridge section or we can talk about oh my god at the Hungarian Grand Prix in 2021 uh Fernando Alonso dueled uh Hamilton for 10 laps we can go back and talk about you know Monaco mm-hmm. in uh 1989 yeah. or 1990 when uh Mansell uh you know hassled Ayrton Senna all around the Grand Prix on brand new tires in a, in a far superior Williams, but he held them off, or no, 1990 Monaco Grand Prix. You can do that kind of thing because they stand out and they're special. Sebastian Vettel made this point uh, to motorsport.com where he said it's going to become less special. And I think he had an ineloquent way, which was weird because usually Vettel's very eloquent. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a very ineloquent way of putting that you're saturating the calendar too much. And you are taking away from a vital piece of what makes F1 special. 
is that it, there's scarcity, there's rarity. There's, exactly. It's, why it's, is, it's an occasion. Speaking of the NFL, why does the NFL sell out every bleeping game? Because there is only one week for 12 weeks. Or they're 17 weeks now. But if you in your, in, the in, same problem, in your city, though, right, because right. you have home and away, in your city, you can go see an NFL game in your city. Five or six times. Eight times a year. Eight. There you go. <laughs> you really don't follow football at no, all. No, I, do, I eight, hate football. Eight times a year, maybe nine or ten if you're lucky and you make the playoffs. That's it. That, and that it, it's the same thing with Formula One, man. We're getting we're getting to a point where it's a little ridiculous. I like Imola. Imola's fine. It's not the best track for overtaking, but that's less the fault of Imola, more the fault of the car. I just don't think Imola and the Emilia Romagna needs a race when we're racing, you know, down here in uh, in in Monza, right? Right, and you know we've got no offense, no offense to Bahrain or Saudi Arabia, but even if you take the, the, the really sketchy things out of there, do we need a race in both Bahrain and Saudi Arabia when neither one of them are probably going to come close to selling you know crazy tickets alongside Qatar? No, or and Qatar, or however you pronounce it, Qatar, Qatar. Qatar? Um, Qatar. Well, either one. Anyway, um, and you get Abu what I'm Dhabi, saying, though. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I also. I'm going to say something sacrilegious. Yeah. I don't think Zanvoort needs to be on here. I don't think so either. I think Zanvoort will be gone. Will be I, on till Max Verstappen retires. Uh, oh, and then it's... For a while. Um, or, also, or until Maximania stops. Right. Um, you know, there are a few of these. I, Singapore... I like Baku. Do we need an Azerbaijani Grand Prix? Yeah, okay. I will defend Baku. I like Baku. Yes. I'm just saying, as a whole... Yes. Do... It, there are. Does Barcelona need to be one? No, I don't. I don't think it does. Especially when fans don't show up for you know, forty percent of the stands seem empty sometimes there. Exactly. I will say about Saudi Arabia and about Bahrain, they do have fans. They do have fans. Bahrain though is quite boring most of the time. Yeah. And I don't know why we're kicking things off there. Well, well okay, hold on, hold on. I the last few Bahrain Grand Prix have been pretty good since they moved. Well, it, since they moved it to night. Yeah. The problem is, is uh, I mean, we're going to forget Bahrain. We're going to be like, holy cow, when uh, we go back to Qatar and Portimao? in 2023. Like, I There is something to be said for being selective in your calendar and not going, yes, you, 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 everybody, everybody get in here, right? Yeah, exactly. Because they're, you almost cheapen your brand, don't you? Right? Because yeah. because when you, when you tell people and you're like, man, F1, dude. They travel the world, man. They they race in Japan. They race in, you know, you say Germany, but they don't really because rest in peace, German Grand Prix, because apparently that's not a place that needs a GP. They race in Japan. They race in, you know, the United States. They race in Brazil. They race in the... Do you ever say they race in Azerbaijan? They race in Qatar. You know what's funny? Um, I genuinely, honest to God, forgot that round three this year was in Portugal. I forgot that I race altogether. Completely forgot it altogether. So at least, at least that one is a but built, give, is a custom built. It is an F one track. It is a purpose built motorsports facility, and it looks fun to drive. Uh, ish. The elevation changes are nice. I'm looking okay. at you, Spain. Yeah, uh, that looks pretty boring. So to go through it for everybody listening right now, um, on the 20th of March, uh, we are in Bahrain. The 27th of March, uh, we're in Saudi Arabia. The 10th of April, 
Uh, we're going to Australia. I want to pause it right there real yeah. quick. Um, people are still up in arms about the fact Brazil doesn't finish the season anymore. Uh, I want, I'm want. i more offended that Australia doesn't open the season. To be I am honest. too. That's such a cool party. It's always been the season opener. You know, it, it has, and it's and been thing, so good. And the thing that saves that track too is that it's a season opener because if it was in the middle of the season, man, that's a kind of a not great circuit to pass on. But it opens the season, so you're always excited for it. Exactly. Carry so, on. So uh, then the 24th of April, we have uh, Imola. Um, then the 8th of May, we have Miami. First one. Uh, two weeks later, we are back in Spain, which that's going to be a, you know, a bit of jet lag. Holy cow. Um, 12th of June, Azerbaijan. 19th of June, Canada. Um, 3rd of July, we are in the UK. Then uh, one week later, we are in Austria mm-hmm. in the 10th of July. The 24th of July, we're in France. The 31st of July, we're in Hungary. Then we have the summer break. 28th of August, we're in Belgium, thank God. Uh, that keeps its place on the calendar, returning from the summer break. 4th of September, next week, we're in Zandvoort. Uh, then this is it is the triple header, so we head to straight to Monza. We have two weeks until we're back in Sochi. Then uh, one week later, or two weeks, one week later, we are in Singapore. Um, and I'm excited to have that back on the calendar. One week from that, and we are in Japan. So that is another triple header that is absolutely brutal yeah um and then back to back we have the usa and mexico and then uh november 13th uh we are uh, in brazil and then we finish everything on the 20th in abu dhabi that is a breakneck pace it is uh i want to say one thing by the way people are like why can't you just put uh miami over when uh you know when you're in canada uh Real quick, I see that comment a lot on like Twitter, um, because Miami is a tropical hellscape in June. You do not want. I am no. a big Formula One fan. Tim, you are a very big Formula One fan. Do you yes. want to go sit outside no. in Miami for multiple hours to no. watch an F one? If somebody offered you that ticket for free, would you would you really consider sitting outside in a hundred degree heat with sixty percent chance of rain, humidity Absolutely. that rivals the Amazon rainforest? Absolutely not. It's straight dangerous. It is. Like, and legitimately dangerous to honestly, run that in June. May feels a little late. It, it is. It needs to be in April. Fun fact, there's no race right now. There's no major race between um, March, early March, which is the Sebring 12-hour, and late August. Uh, last weekend in August is a night race at Daytona. Between the five months between that, there are no major races in Florida by any major series. Why? Because they're like, oh, my gosh, it is unlivable. And un- I can't ask my fans to sit in that. It's dangerous. It's not just you can't ask your fans. Yeah. You can't ask your equipment. Yeah. Your it, equipment's going to melt. If you're going just by, uh, if you're literally just going by, like, dates that are um, in the day, right, it is, I think it's seven months uh, between Sebring and Homestead, which is a day race. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's just, too it's too hot. It's too hot. It's too, it's, it is just breathtaking. So that's hot. why you can't run Montreal and Miami back to back. And then if you run... Uh, Montreal and Miami's date. My, Montreal may legitimately get snow around that time. Yeah, like it's at the very least, it's going to be sub ten degrees Celsius, or for Americans, uh, like cold. Yeah, like forty degrees. Yeah, it's cold. Oh, going to be cold. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I think we fit in a new USGP. We have to iron out. It used to be where Formula One. You know, an IndyCar does this, too, where you organize to where it's easy to get from one place to another. It's, you know, you talked about, oh, we're going to enter the Asian theater now, and you hit Singapore, you hit Japan, you hit... IndyCar ends on the West Coast swing. Correct. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, you hit the European leg where you're going through Spain and, Euro- and uh, you know, France and uh, England. That makes more sense than doing, you know, 
Spain, U.S., England. It, yeah. We're bouncing everywhere, and it's just, I think next year is going to break the teams. I it's, think next year is going to break the cars because they're going to be brand new. It's doable for shipping. It's just, it's a lot to ask human beings. It is. It's so much. It is so much. So, um, you know, I think, honestly, Luke, that's going to be an interesting thought uh, f- Thought game for our listeners to uh, think on. And you should t- uh, tweet us your thoughts. I'm at TimSTLF1. I'm at the Formation Lap 101 on Twitter. Uh, so tweet us your thoughts or tie them to a brick and throw them through our window. We are the third in from the left. And we definitely, it, the, the sign on the door does say Brad Thompson, but don't worry, that's our office. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, I, th- I think that's it, man. I think that's it. We'll be uh, we'll be next week. Uh, it'll be you and Dylan, correct, for yes. the USGP, because I will be somewhere between Nashville and Las Vegas at that time. That's not a joke. I have to call a race in Dallas and then go to Nashville and then go to Las Vegas and then go home. Uh- <laughs> we don't want to talk about why. For legal reasons, we're going to say he's trying an Ocean's Eleven stunt. Uh, it's the flight equivalent of a cannonball run, I gotta say. Right? Theoretically. (laughs) Mileage-wise, Jesus. Oh, we will talk to you guys next week. Peace.